podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode nine of the She Can, She Did podcast that puts a spotlight on women in their teens, 20s and 30s who've dared to go solo and launch their own businesses around the UK and ask them to unveil the good, the bad and the often oh-so-ugly reality of what they've had to face behind the scenes to get to where they are with their businesses today. If we're meeting for the first time today, hi, I'm Fee and I'm the founder of She Can, She Did, which, for the sake of the next hour or so, means I'm the one asking the questions on this podcast. If we're not meeting for the first time, however, welcome back and thank you so, so much for listening once again. It was really important to me when I launched She Can, She Did in 2017 that I speak to female founders at various stages of their business journeys to ensure that She Can, She Did provides a diverse insight into the evolving challenges, attitudes and lessons founders face at the varying stages of a company's growth, not just the lessons learnt in hindsight when a founder has reached their holy grail. And today's interview, in my opinion of course, provides a refreshing perspective because of that fact. At 22, Rebecca Tembo, the founder of the self-titled clothing brand that specialises in bespoke luxury jumpsuits for women in both the UK and increasingly America too, launched her business in her teenage years four years ago. Yet, she's the first to admit that her 18-year-old self didn't take the reality of running a business half as seriously as she does today. Chatting about everything from how she launched her business as a student, in spite of intense objection from her family at the time, and the ways in which she juggles running a company with her now 9-to-5 job, her battle with depression that led her to drop out of fashion school and the impact investing in self-development has had, not just on her mental health, but her ongoing attitude to running her company today, to her unique approach to market research, which includes lots of fancy meals out in Kensington and Mayfair, and why, as a black woman in the fashion industry, her motto is, be the change you want to see. Rebecca's ambition is not only infectious, but limitless. And at 22, she's undoubtedly one to watch. So Rebecca Tembo was originally a bespoke evening wear line for women. So every piece is handmade from the beginning to the end. But funny enough, I've actually taken a new direction. Going into luxury jumpsuits. I had this idea last year and it's only now that I felt it was right. And people are so responsive to the jumpsuits. And every time I go out, the first thing I think, jumpsuit. Like, that's all I want to wear. Yeah. So They're just, yeah. like, classy chic, aren't yeah. they? It gives you that feeling where you feel like you own the room yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're comfortable. It's so, so yeah. true. It's a bit like wearing, like, a suit. I always think, like, if you're in a power suit, yeah. you just feel, like... I feel really good. Yeah. Like, you walk into a room, you're like, okay. I've got this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, how old are you? 22. 22, which is unreal. So let's start <laughs> with going back... What got you into this? Because so many people say they want their own line. And I think it takes a lot to actually make that a reality. So let's go back to the very beginning and talk me through how you, well, <laughs> how you started. Okay, I'll try and make this story very short. Oh no, I love a long-winded one. <laughs> <laughs> it started like from such a young age, but I just didn't know. So my mum's a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, so... Every year they go on like a retreat 
in the UK, usually like Wales or Somerset. This particular one we went to Wales and I kept drawing a strapless dress. I think I was probably about six or seven years old, something like that. And it was the same dress, kept drawing it. I didn't know what it meant. I don't know where I saw that dress, but I just kept going, kept going. And then I remember the next memory I remember is primary school. In year five, like my class was year five and year six mixed together. Mm -hmm. So I know the year sixes will make a box that they take to secondary school and like it's all about you. So whatever you like, just make it and put it in there. So I made a catalogue and I named it Gold Coast and I drew like every piece and I priced it. I remember $32.99. I don't know why. What for the dress? I don't know what it was. I think it was like a top, but that's what I remember in but my everything head. Everything's $32.99. Yeah, bargain. basically. <laughs> and I had this thing about Australia. Like when I was super young, I didn't actually know where I was from because I never asked my parents. And someone asked me, where are you from? And I said Australia. So... Gold Coast is in Australia. Um, And then I went to secondary school and I actually wanted to be a singer. Oh, sorry, sorry. In primary school, I still wanted to be a singer at the time. I wrote on a piece of paper that after my girl group and I um, finished school, would go to secondary, then college, and then go and live in downtown LA. This will be relevant eventually (laughs) in the story. So I go to secondary school. I'm still pursuing this music career with my friend and I just kind of grew out of it because it's just something you enjoy, but... I just, it's not me. I honestly was in so many girl bands in yeah. primary school. I'd pick up the dance routines. Exactly. I'd be like bossing everyone around, being like, you stand there, you stand there. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's like, at least you've done it, right? Yeah, like yeah. you've lived the dream. <laughs> but I used to, like, I started drawing again and I had like this book from W.H. Smith, you know, like Laura Ashley do those cute covers and everything. So drawing all the time, drawing uniforms and stuff like that. And I was annotating and like explaining where the inspiration came from and I was like okay I think I want to do fashion and obviously my parent my mum my stepdad they saw all of it going on and they're like oh wow amazing but not as a career (laughs) they were like there's no way you're doing fashion and obviously fashion is known for like this lack of diversity and my stepdad actually said to me like you're a black girl you're not doing fashion like Mm -hmm. you're not going to make it and I don't like I never saw race until he said that and that's when I was just like oh you know, mm. and I've been brought up in a very like diverse community. Like I see everything, so it didn't stand out to me. Um, how, so, how old are you at this point? Um, I think when I actually wanted to pursue it, maybe about fourteen. But when he said that, yeah, about 14, fourteen when he said right. that, yeah. So I was like, okay, like maybe because I'm very academic, I'll just do like economics and statistics and working in Canary Wharf, like you know that yeah, whole yeah, kind yeah. of life. Um, so I went to. Uh, college and uh, yeah did English geography economics critical thinking religious studies and um, it was good and I did good but you know I'm meant to be revising I'm reading Vogue (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't meant to be there like at all so what had happened was that I actually went to church for the first time in like ages I'm not crazy religious but I believe that there's a god I've seen things that I can't explain Mm. and yeah like I I pray so I went to church for the first time and my mom was like oh this guy's actually a prophet and he says some things to me I think should come and I was like no I'm not on it I don't like going to church and um it's so crazy like five minutes after I said that he called my mum and they had only just spoken like once by the way and he's like I know Becky, that's what they call me, um, doesn't want to come to church, but please tell her to come. I don't know how he heard that <laughs> from the spirit or whatever, but that was so weird. My heart was racing. I was like, what's he going to tell them? Is he going to expose me? You know, when you do like little things, yeah. you don't want them to know. Um, so I just got up and I went. I looked crazy, but I didn't care. And I sat in the service and I was just like, you know, what? this makes a lot of sense because like I like stuff which is relatable to real life. I don't think there should be like all these strict rules and mm. stuff like that. So it was just very 
like motivating and very inspiring. And he he spoke to us after the service as a family. Uh, my mom, my stepdad, and my brother, and he said things about all of us, uh, things that we didn't know. And the first thing he said to me was, "You wanted to be a singer," and I was just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> And then he's like, but you want to pursue fashion now? And I was just like, yeah. And he went into like a lot more detail. But what really got me was when he said, I know exactly where you're going to live. And I was like, where? And he was like, America. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because America's big, right? So whatever. And he's like, California. I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. He's like, LA. So I was like, shut. (laughs) But what got me is when he said downtown LA. Because when I wrote that, it was so specific. I was um, very influenced by the hills, the Guna Beach growing up. Oh my up. God, the yeah. actual dream programs. Yeah. The hills is coming back, by the way. I know. In June. <laughs> but I'm like, Elsie's not in it. So I'm like, it kind of it ruins it a bit for me. I'll still watch the first episode. Yeah, we'll, just we'll to support them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that when he said that, I was like, whoa. Like, I, I instantly remembered writing it on the piece of paper and I was like, I don't even know, like eight, mm. nine, ten. And he gave me my door number <laughs> for where I'd live. Oh so gosh. I was like, okay. And he explained, like, he described the interior. It's like yeah. all white, like huge apartment. I think it's an apartment. It must be because it's downtown. And I was like, okay, like, this is what I need to do. Went and Googled it and I actually didn't see anything, like, on Google Maps <laughs> um, besides, like, an empty space. And then when I checked, like, last year, they've, like, built, like, a new development of apartments on it. And I was just like, oh, this is actually real. But, um, um, I applied for fashion school straight away, the Fashion Retail Academy on Tottenham Court Road, well, near Tottenham Court Road. Um, and this is what, Philip Green's one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I applied for like a fashion design level three diploma thing um, and I had an interview and I just felt like it wasn't the right day. Like I felt like I was unprepared and I wasn't going to get it. So mm. I called them and was like, can we please reschedule it? They're like, yeah, sure, fine. You know, when you feel like, no, mm. like I'm yeah, not going to yeah. get it, you know, and it wasn't a self-doubt kind of thing. I just knew that there was something not right about the day. And you never know, you could go there and the person's in a bad mood or like you're just things happen or like I could be really late and stuff. And I just felt like it's just not the right time for it. So they rescheduled it for like two weeks later. So it was fine. Oh, my gosh, that's so yeah. good. Because it's just an interview. Like yeah. they can't say no because yeah. things happen in life. I didn't tell them I felt a type of way. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, I said something <laughs> else, whatever it was. And yeah, I went there on a Saturday, actually, the interview was. And there was actually a woman who eventually was my teacher. And she, was, I remember like hearing her say to the, the girls behind me, like, oh, I don't think you're ready for this course. Maybe do level two. Level two is like secondary school stuff, I think. like Right. Secondary or, yeah, level, yeah. As in like... A level? No, like secondary school, like key stage four kind oh, of level. Right, and I was okay. thinking, I'm not going back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then luckily at that moment, this amazing guy walks in and he's like, who hasn't been interviewed? I'm like, me? <laughs> <laughs> so I ran off to him and we were just in a little private room by ourselves. And he was making so much conversation and it was so good. It just felt like felt like a friendly chat. And um, we literally just hit off and he was just like, I think he'll be fine. And I got my confirmation letter, showed my parents and my mum was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my stepdad, because he's an academic, um, they've like they've both gone down the university route and they expect degrees and things like that. He was like, no. <laughs> he cause he thought it was an evening course. I was like, no, it's a full-time like <laughs> course. And he was like, So how are you gonna do that plus college? And I was like, I need to leave college to do it. Yeah. And he was like, mm, no, it's not happening. So we didn't speak for like three weeks, literally, mm. in the same house. And my mum like she kind of got persuaded by him. 
like I would hear her say stuff like, you know, my friend, like she, her daughter did drama and like she doesn't have a job now and stuff like that. And it just kind of got into her head. And then we went to church. <laughs> Things were just happening at this church, clearly. <laughs> and um, I need to go to this church. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Honestly, come, come. But um, he said to them, to my parents, like he was like, the same way you'll support Ruben, my brother, mm. um, with anything he'll do, because he's probably more academic, um, it's the same way you have to support Rebecca as well. If Ruben wants to be a doctor, then that's fine. And if Rebecca wants to do fashion, that's fine. Two completely like different career paths, but they both require support. Mm. And at that moment, they're like, you know what, we need to sign it. So they signed it. <laughs> they let me go. And I went and I dropped out. <laughs> what? I know. Oh my gosh, I, I was dropped- expecting that. <laughs> it was like it was so crazy. I don't I think that's the only thing in life that I regret. That's right. the only thing. But I dropped out nearer towards the end of it. It was like a two-year course. Okay. But I don't regret going. It was really, really informative. And I've made, like, really amazing friends that I'm so close to now. Mm. It opens your eyes. And I felt like I was in the right environment because I've always like loved London. I'm from London. And I love the city and stuff like that. And I needed to be, like, more central. Mm. Um, so it definitely opened my eyes to what I want. But I, just, I was just depressed. Like, I just hit this like level of depression that I just couldn't get myself out of and what from because of the studying no it was more because no it was I felt like the workload was actually fine but Mm. I feel like I'm a perfectionist so it can make me a bit slower sometimes but it was a range of things actually like I was I think I was 18 and I got a credit card and I got into credit card debt. It wasn't even like now I'm just like, that's actually not a lot of money. But mm. at the time when you're 18 and you work like part time, I think I was working at McDonald's and then I worked in All Saints or something like. Oh, my God, that's a bit of a leap. They <laughs> <laughs> no, went from McDonald's to Tesco's F&F and right. then to All Saints. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just and I couldn't. <sighs> Now that I have a business, I realise that mentality is everything and I just didn't have the mindset to sort things out and take Mm. responsibility and, like, go to work. Like, I was so lazy. I didn't want to go to work because I wasn't feeling it, you know, which meant that bills are, like, escalating and stuff like that. And I feel like I also wasn't in the family where I was taught how to treat money, what to do with it, how to save, like, what is a credit card? Like, how do you, like, Mm. manage it and stuff? So that had to just come eventually. So in that state of depression it's not working you want to leave did you have a backup plan I mean I had already started like the business unintentionally and okay. it was running for nearly a year so I started it the f- first year of fashion school in like April so like I think this year is like four years and it was just an interesting journey so by the time I dropped out I was leading into the second year I thought I had a plan like I've <laughs> I was I actually met this guy and he was like, I'm going to invest all this money into your business and blah, blah, blah. And um, it was like all a lie. So I thought that was my plan, but it didn't happen. So I just kept going. Like there's a client, just do what they need to do, mm-hmm. keep going. But then when you're depressed, like you feel like you can't do anything. So like I'd have a client in advance and it'll be like the day before. And that's when I started doing it because I just felt so low, mm-hmm. you know, and then you don't even work to the best of your ability you like you're rushing and then you're stressed out and then because at that stage I wasn't mature I was blaming the client in my head mm-hmm. um and not myself like it was my fault but you know so yeah that was <laughs> that was something okay let's go back a few steps then if you did start in the first year 
you know what, what I'm like. I'm always interested in those early days. So whilst you were studying, mm-hmm. how did you go about setting up your own brand? Okay, so it was very unintentional. Yeah. <laughs> I was working in Tesco's at the time and I was watching a YouTube video on how to make a dress and I literally had a shift like in the afternoon. So I was like, let me just try and make this dress and see what happens and then I'll go to work. So I literally whipped it up, took a, a picture or video, whatever, put on Snapchat, Instagram and Twitter and it kind of circulated, not crazy like mm. nowadays, but just amongst, you know, your friends. like yeah, yeah friends yeah, and yeah. stuff. And um, someone messaged my friend saying, oh my gosh, I love this. Um, can you please ask if she'll do my dress for her university thing? So that was my first client straight away. And I did it. I had to do it like three times because <laughs> I actually didn't know how to make stuff. It was just like, I was just lucky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about pricing that if that's your first kind oh. of client? I think I charged her like £70 or something. Yeah. And because I did it three times, I made no profit whatsoever. Yeah. But, um, you got to Yeah, you, you learn. Yeah, <laughs> but I I had no idea. Like, I knew I wanted to have a business, but not anytime soon. I honestly thought when I was in my 30s, that's mm. when I'd actually, like, do it. So I did that. And then um, a friend asked me to do free dresses for her eyelash campaign shoot. And I did that. And then it was literally just consistent from there. But I was winging it. I did not know what I was doing. Like, Mm. every day I'm learning. Like, I'm just saying yes to everything and then finding out how to actually do it. And um, it was a lot more complex then. Obviously, now I understand things, but... Yeah, it was <laughs> it was just so crazy. The stuff was I was saying like, yes to. I'm guessing quite ad hoc in the sense that an order would come in and then you'd run off and get the fabric and it was all done yeah. very like bit by yeah. bit. And at that time, I had a month off of uh, fashion school because it was like the Easter period, so they do like four week mm. um, holidays. So literally, as soon as I like the client says yes and they pay their deposit, run to like Shepherd's Bush, which is like, an hour and a half from me, yeah. <laughs> and um, pick up the fabric and like come back home and start well yeah then I was happy so yeah start straight away so I had enough time then and then when it was time to go back to school I didn't go back straight away because I was just like "Mm, this is kind of working I'm making money so I'll just like continue doing this for now and my mom was like please like please go back to school (laughs) (laughs) you're fighting for this like just finish it so um eventually I think it was like end of summer before we actually closed and went back and Mm -hmm. I finished my work and yeah that's literally how it started that's amazing so you drop out. <laughs> Parents' views? Okay, so my stepdad had moved abroad by this time. Mm. And he, well, he works abroad. So um, he was just like, what the hell? <laughs> he was like, this is embarrassing. Like, he was just not happy at all. And he didn't get it. And um, I feel like, especially coming from, like, a black household, the truth is that they don't understand mental health. They think, like, if you're like depressed or just upset like sort out you know Mm. like life goes on and it's funny because my mom's actually a mental health uh, ward manager so you'll think that she was you know but she deals with like autism and things like that so I guess it's kind of different but they didn't understand depression anxiety or whatever to them was just emotion like it could mm. it could be fixed, you know. And I started taking antidepressants. And even with that, like, I remember they were just like, what is this girl doing? Like, antidepressants, like, they're not used to it. And it's because, like, where they're from, like, the, my, they're both Zambian. People associate mental health with, like, there's something, like, spiritually wrong with you or whatever. And they didn't understand that it's just... I can't even explain it now, but mm-hmm. it's just yeah. how you feel, you yeah, know. Yeah. And um, there wasn't that much support with it. So, but they understood that that was the reason why... I wasn't doing it. So they were like, whatever you do, like, just know that now you're on, not on your own, but like you have to make it work because 
we're not going to, we can't help you if you're not helping yourself. What did that feel like then? Because I'm putting myself in that position and when someone doubts me, mm. I kind of think that it gives me that kind of fire in your belly feeling where it's, you have to give yourself a pep talk and it's like, okay, game on, you know? Yeah. yeah. I remember when I left my old job around the corner from here <laughs> and um, my old publisher that I worked really, really close with, really senior guy. And at my leaving drinks, I'd, I didn't know what she can, she did was yet, but I had an idea and <laughs> it was all a bit wishy-washy. But he gave me a hug when I left and he was like, you'll be back in a few months. And I remember thinking like, mm, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I always remember it. And I remember hugging him and then just walking away from that being like, mm, no. And that, and it's kind of, it make, I, oh, I'm never going to forget it because yeah. it gives you that, right, game on. Let's, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, especially with my stepdad, I feel like I had to prove him wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't think... In the nicest way, because he yeah. obviously wants the best for you, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, like, he loves me, he yeah. cares for me. But it was more thing where, again, he hasn't seen this, you know, and this is the Western world and stuff. So for him, it's like, although he's lived, like, here for years and mm. says my mum but my mum is more like laid back and relaxed she can be easily influenced if I'm being honest but she is <laughs> like she's understanding yeah. so um I feel like I had more support from her she like would pray for me and she'll just make sure like I'm okay and stuff mm. like that but definitely with my stepdad I was like I need to get my shit together and just yeah, yeah. you know okay. because, yeah. so what did that look like what did getting your shit together look like <laughs> I honestly just fixed up um yeah. so the antidepressants definitely helps me move like I could get out of bed because before like I'd go to bed at like 6 a.m oh my god and I'd wake up at like 4 p.m and I'd shower get food and go back to bed that was literally my life what I was doing I don't know I was in bed watching like Netflix and all this kind of stuff so the antidepressants definitely helps me give me a little push um they don't take away the problem you have to also go to it directly or mm. whatever the saying yeah. is like but tackle it head on that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> go to it directly <laughs> um so, yeah, that was good. And I started getting into self-development. I remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad that my mom gave me. I remember reading The Seven Successful Habits of Wealthy People or something like that. I, can't I think it was Stephen Covey or something. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing these videos and stuff. And I was just like, oh, like, hmm, this is interesting. This is inspiring. This is motivating. So I started getting into that, started doing a bit of reading. And that's honestly what got me feeling a bit better. I saw progress in my skill because I was giving myself time to like, if I don't know something, learn it and like do it. I started working on branding and like marketing, social media, um, <laughs> <laughs> and like making sure the customer has a good experience and stuff like that. And I really just started to enjoy it a mm -hmm. bit. Do you think those books kind of just tapped into a mindset that you hadn't really... I never knew you, that. Yeah, you haven't been surrounded kind of by that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's crazy because my mum always bought these books. She just doesn't read, but she buys books. And um, <laughs> they, literally, they just oh, sit there on yeah, the shelf. Yeah, like we've got books like from years ago that she's never touched, but yeah. just because she was like, oh, One you know, day. Amazon, like, it said it's bestseller, you know, whatever. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, yeah, the more you get into it, the more you're like, oh my gosh, I need to know more, like, of how to be this amazing human being and mm -hmm. achieve all these goals. And I've always been very goal orientated as well. So, it definitely like aligns with my personality. And I definitely learn to take more responsibility and the book that actually changed my life was The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday which is all about taking responsibility seeing opportunities and what we would usually be like this is horrible like I hate this my life is horrible it just opened my mindset and just changed my perspective mm -hmm. and I stopped blaming everybody and I, I I blamed myself but in a good way I was like Rebecca okay 
you weren't good with money and you made these mistakes and, you know, you let a couple of people down when you were younger. But now it's time to, like, learn from that, move forward and find ways to, like, solve it. And that's literally exactly what I did. I think I read that book, like, two years ago. Mm. And from then, like, everything just changed. Like, my mindset, like, I was happy and... Um, I definitely, if there's a, a bit of advice I'd give to anyone launching a business, it's, it is that relationship with yourself first. It sounds yeah. so cheesy, but I think you have to trust yourself and like yourself yeah. and back yourself to run a business. 100%. And I just think it, tests, it pulls you in so many different directions. If, that, if you can't fall back on yourself and be able to say, you've got this, no matter what happens, you've got this, I think it's... Yeah. It's, it's, it could go a bit because self doubt is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? no, and it's definitely. only when you start this that you're like, oh, I, you, I think you're exposed to all your insecurities. Yeah, and massively. Oh my gosh, it puts a mirror right on yeah. them. Yeah, and you, you just never knew like this was actually what you thought about yourself yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And um, so after I read that, I was like, okay, like we're heading into 2018. I really want to do something different for the brand. I want to like make a statement for what I feel is me mm-hmm. um so I started designing a like a mini collection of like free jumpsuits and free dresses and I've always loved evening wear so that was just what I stuck to I basically planned to do it between January and March and then do the photo shoot at the end of March and release everything some point in April which I actually stuck to plan mm-hmm. <laughs> but the process of going through it like the self-doubt the tears like one little thing would go wrong and like oh my gosh it's not meant to be you know I had to really like do a lot of mind work yeah, and yeah, yeah. just refocus so you what you you designed them and you made them yeah. and you then took the photos and then you got them out into the world yeah onto, onto social yeah we obviously spoke about how you you're now focusing on jumpsuits mm-hmm. because they make you feel good. Did you have any like values that you wanted your designs to kind of put forward? So, you know, when you start a business, they always say like, have your morals and your values and like, let everybody know. And when I did that whole like rebrand last year, I didn't really know what I was trying to say. I just wanted people to see something different to what they had seen. And although I didn't, I stuck to plan. I remember after the photo shoot, I went home and I slept and I woke up and I felt underwhelmed. And I was meant to be excited and, like, happy and stuff, but I felt like, no, this is not right. Like, I've I've done this, and I'm happy I've seen it through, mm. but I just knew it wasn't me, you know? And um, when it came to, like, actually launching the website and stuff, the photographer sent me the images, and I did the website on Wix by myself. And I uploaded them and did everything, and I just left it. <laughs> I didn't even like publish it yet because I just felt like it wasn't right but I've come this far and people have seen behind the scenes so I'm going to do it anyways mm-hmm. and I launched it and the response was good but I just your heart wasn't in, in it yeah right. and then for the rest of the year I just kept going but I just knew like I don't actually know what it is that I'm trying to say but I'm trying to say something and then I'll have this idea and this idea and that idea but I could never like I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't feel right with me. And funny enough, with the jumpsuit idea, I had this idea last year. I think maybe because I preferred the jumpsuits in the collection or something. I can't remember exactly what triggered my mind. I like your jumpsuits best. Out of <laughs> everything you. you do. I think we, well, me too. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I just, something said to me, 
do luxury jumpsuits. I had actually either luxury jumpsuits or bridesmaid dresses. But the thing with bridesmaid dresses is that people don't pay that much money because it's like one day and there's so much cost with the wedding as well. Mm. So um, understandable. And I saw a Swedish brand and she did luxury jumpsuits. And I was like, oh, too much competition. I can't do it. <laughs> what, one brand? One brand. <laughs> I couldn't believe myself. Now I, like, I laugh at it, but um, yeah. I it left so it. It's so funny, isn't it? At the beginning, yeah. if you like, do you see something, you're like, oh, it's already, been, it's already been done, or it's already this, or it's already that. And you just kind of think there's a whole world out there. Yeah. And it's like one in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so, so, Rebecca, like, I'm, I'm so silly, but... Um, I left it because I thought it was too restrictive. I was like, no, let me keep doing dresses as well because, you know, someone might not want a jumpsuit. And um, I kept going, but I wasn't happy. I mean, I say this on social media a lot. I don't actually like sewing. It's just a skill that I have and I can use. I don't hate it, but I'd definitely rather not be doing it. So um, when you're now doing that and then you're making stuff you don't feel passionate about, it kind of just makes you lose your spirit. And the jumpsuit idea came back to me like here and there, but I just felt like, no, this is not, I don't know how I feel about it, you know. Like I just felt like I could do it and then nothing would come out of it because people want dresses or whatever, but how would I actually know that? Mm. Unless I'm asking people, right? And every time I'd go out, I always just wear a jumpsuit and the response is always good and people like ask questions, like where you are and stuff, get loads of inquiries. And um, it's not until this year, actually, like, like I said, about a month ago, I realised I kept making jumpsuits <laughs> and I kept designing jumpsuits and I put three jumpsuits together and I just asked people like which one do, which one's your favorite and it just like exploded and it went like viral on like Twitter it did really well on Instagram and stuff and people kept saying I love your jumpsuits and that was the word jumpsuits was it was just interesting because I have dresses as well that people can see mm. but they kept saying jumpsuits like I love yeah. your jumpsuits and I was just like okay I think I'm gonna keep doing this and then I like I made one called Santorini like the other day like this weekend and that was crazy. It even did better than the other three, like, combined. Like, so crazy. Like, emails are, like, crazy. And I feel like it just confirms that luxury jumpsuits is definitely... Your thing. Yeah. And I feel like now, you asked me that question, like, what were your, like, values and stuff like mm. that? I know that when I put on one of my jumpsuits, I feel so empowered. Mm. And you can empower people through different ways. But for me, it's fashion. Yeah. Like, I feel like your clothes really help you feel confident. Like, you can feel sexy, feel, like, ambitious. And when I walk into the room, I honestly feel like I own the room. Yeah, like, yeah. I went into I went to Novikov on Saturday night. And I walked in and everyone was just looking at me. Like, some woman, <laughs> she high-fived me. She's like, girl, this outfit, high-five. I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> and that's how I want people to feel, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I, but it's more like, I want you to put it on and feel like you can do anything, like anything you want to do, mm-hmm. like you can do it, you know. But I really, I like, I do admire the fact that you're, you're saying that that's what you've learned now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's four years in. Yeah. And you've had this, <laughs> no, but at the same time, you know, like at 22, you start at 18 when you're studying. Like it's it's just, it's all trial and error. And I think, like I said, I when I look at your brand, it is the jumpsuits that stand out. So the fact that you're laying those values now is exciting. Yeah, it took a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk marketing. Yeah. And the kind of the brand and how you've approached it. Because obviously you said that you launched a website that you weren't too happy with. But from an outsider's perspective looking in, it does the job well. Like, um, (laughs) But social media seems to be your thing. So what's your approach to getting your brand out there? Um, And has, has it evolved along the way? Yeah. So before, like, I'll just upload a picture of something I've made and be like, hey, new dress, 
email me if you want some information or something like that. I think I've always been very blessed in the sense that I've never had a period where I don't have a client. I think once... Which is amazing. Yeah, I'm very, very lucky, but I also feel like if you work and you do what you need to do, then it it should come to you. Mm -hmm. But um, considering this fashion as well, like you don't need like a bespoke piece but if you if you want it then you know so I've been lucky in that sense but now I feel like I'm very open with like my personality and my thoughts and what I'm doing and stuff and I feel like that's definitely helped even more like the amount of clients I have now compared to before it has increased it could have increased more but you increase the prices as well Mm. and so that definitely draws some people out but it's fine when I speak to clients and when I meet new clients and stuff, they're like, oh my gosh, I saw your Instagram stories and like that book is amazing and that quote was so cool. And like, oh, you're at that event. And like, I meet so many people at the events I go to because I post on my Instagram stories and they're like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to see you and like tell you that I love your stuff and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I think now being more open and just showing the process of how things are done. Sometimes like I'll show how I actually make, made the garment from start to, to finish is really like brought a lot of people in mm-hmm. funny enough like 70% of the inquiries are from America really yeah so <laughs> you see like such a huge do you, like, do you ship over there then yeah I mean I think when you are putting a price on you know anything product based when it is creative mm-hmm. especially clothes and you're at the higher end I think when you do show people actually all the steps that go into it mm-hmm. as a customer they then can appreciate all of that work and you can't really argue with that because we've seen you working hard at it rather than just kind of shoving a price on this mystery product Mm -hmm. and saying it's worth it it's quite nice that you do take people behind the scenes I agree because you see a lot of luxury brands they can just go in their support and there's so many Mm. and you can love their piece but you don't know the craftsmanship behind it yeah and for that reason like that 900 pound price tag seems very unreasonable and sometimes it is it's just a high markup because it looks good for their brand if it's more expensive and yeah. you know whatever but I think especially now the way uh, consumers are they want to know exactly what they're buying and I feel like we kind of owe it to them you don't have to share everything but mm. just a little bit for their knowledge you know people fall in love with, with the story of it as well and it's something like that creates conversation like if they can see how I've made it and they buy it they're going to tell their friends, oh my gosh. And it's like, literally bespoke. It's made yeah, for them. Like, yeah. then, like, obviously you're going to pay more for that. Exactly. And it gives people something to say. So yeah, it's definitely worked. Was there any, obviously you, you did mention that when you raised your prices, it kind of alienated a few people. Did that bother you? No. No. Yeah. I, I need to raise them even <laughs> higher, if I'm being honest yeah. with you. I don't feel like I charge what I want to charge yet. What do you I, want to charge? A lot. <laughs> but I don't want to chart. I'm not going to be like, oh, like 10 grand for this. Yeah. But definitely like one of my jumpsuits, I'd like for them to be like 600 pounds or in yeah. the range of 300 to 700 mm-hmm. ideally is what I want. So 300 being like the more simple pieces, which is actually where I'm at now. I have like dresses which might be like 700 pounds or whatever. Mm. Ultimately depends on the de- design and the fabric. I want 300 pounds to be like the entry level products and then... 700 is a bit more like higher range but then if I'm using extremely expensive fabric it'll be a lot more naturally yeah of course um I mean I started at 40 pounds when I first started oh my god (laughs) so someone's walking around in like a 40 pound original yeah (laughs) so now like to do it 20 years that'd be worth millions exactly Obviously, you're doing this alongside a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, how? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
don't know. Um, no, I'll, in all it's like in terms of, um, I know a lot of people treat their businesses as side hustles. So mm-hmm. how have you managed to juggle the two? So I work 9 to 5.30. So ideally, I try to wake up 5.30 in the morning. Lately, I've been a bit bad, but it's because I'll maybe I'll work like longer hours in the evening. So I'll do work in the morning or the, like things that I can handle, things I don't want to do, I do them in the morning, first thing, and then go to work. On the way to work, I try to read as much as I can, but lately with inquiries, I'm having to like email and do, do all that stuff. On my lunch break, luckily Soho, Berwick Street is around the corner. So go and buy fabric and zips and everything, reply to emails, eat my food at my desk whilst working. So I have that four hour to do work, um, business stuff. Um, and then when I finish work, working when I get home um so it's a lot of work I haven't had a day off in like two months like I'm literally just going but like I try to do everything during the day so that like when I do go out at night I'm going out at night when I wouldn't actually be working so and do you have your weekend still no they're working (laughs) literally working all weekend then I'll go out in the evening so yeah I've given up on having a weekend for now it's temporary like I just know that eventually I'll have at least one day a week to myself. But I miss it so badly. Like, I, I am tired, but if, like, again, like, yeah, that fine your belly, yeah. <laughs> so it makes it so worth it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And when it comes to switching off, I know you haven't had a day off in two months, but what does downtime look like? I wish I could answer that. But do you know what I do now? I know I can't commit to, like, downtime as much as I'd love to. Um, on the commute, for example, if I can, I'll play jazz on my phone at low volume and I'll be reading my book and I'm mm. having the time of my life. Honestly, I feel so relaxed listening yeah, yeah. to jazz and then I love reading. So, And you get to work and you feel very calm and relaxed and I've probably learned something quite productive that I can actually implement into the day. But usually it's just meeting up with friends and just talking about life and our goals and stuff like that. Um, which I did like yesterday night, which was really yeah. great. But yeah, well, Netflix. I like to just sit down and watch Netflix. Can't be Netflix. Yeah, I'm loving a bit of Frankie and Grace, whatever <laughs> it's called. Love that. So yeah. The thing is, though, is sometimes when you do have to put those hours in and you do have to work the two months, no no day off, because that is the reality sometimes. Mm. Obviously, it's not a sust- sustainable mm. one. Yeah. But there is something to be said for those little pockets of downtime. I love a good 10-minute meditation app before yeah. bed. Like, it's just 10 minutes and then it shuts me off. Yeah. It's learning to find ways to kind of cope and deal and enjoy the, like, present and stuff, isn't it? Because yeah. you can strive and strive and strive for something, but if you're not enjoying it on the way, it's... It's not worth it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, I've definitely had to find the little time that I do have to do it because I would lose my head you know (laughs) and journaling as well has helped a lot because you have to in my journals um, from best self co you have to write three things you're grateful for in the morning and three things you're grateful for at night a win that you've had during the day and a lesson that you've learned and your three main goals like at that period of your life having to rewrite your goals all the time it just sinks into your head but just the stuff to be grateful for you actually sit down and think it's been a busy day but what am I grateful for mm. and you have so many things and then like the wins and you think oh that, that was actually pretty good like yeah. today my win would be doing this podcast so you know and then the lesson I've learned like oh maybe I shouldn't have said that or I don't know maybe I learned something about dinosaurs I don't know anything yeah. but yeah so that definitely helps this podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Okay, let's move on to the challenges. Um, You've obviously, you've touched upon a few already, but has anything ever gone drastically wrong? Hmm. 
like loads of things have gone wrong, but like mm. drastically wrong. Or okay, rephrase. Worst day on the job so far. Okay, I know, I know. It was definitely it was in the period of depression. So somehow I overbooked myself and I had like thirty clients to do in like two months. So oh I remember my like God, that's low. Ridiculous. But this is also when I, I think I was charging like seventy five pounds to make it and then fabric was an extra cost. So very cheap to do. Um, hence why a lot of people are coming to you. And most of it was like prom dresses because it was the summer period. And I remember like doing a calendar and like writing what I'll be doing every day and every single day I had to work and I would be like trying to do two dresses in one day like so I can catch up with all these kind of things and it was humanely impossible like I could not do it and Mm. I don't know why I did that to myself and there was a certain amount of money that I thought I would probably make by the end of it but I had to come to real life and just tell some people I'm sorry I can't do this anymore like I commitments and whatever and refunding them back their money but it was definitely in advance because I'd never do that to anyone last minute and I finished everything up and I, f- I just had a complete burnout um I couldn't move like it was summer you're meant to be out having fun and I just could not move and it was so annoying because my stepdad had come back from summer as well um, for summer and like he just saw me like being lazy and yeah. it was like oh <laughs> if only you knew <laughs> yeah, but I generally don't have energy and I had um like bridesmaids approaching um that I had to complete and I was honestly trying so hard to like move and like start it but I just couldn't and there was like 10 of them long story short I had one week to do 10 dresses for this <laughs> wedding and um I don't know how I did it I honestly don't know how I did it but I just remember like going to bed at 5 a.m., waking up at 8 a.m. and sewing all day. And I lost like five kilograms oh my gosh. <laughs> that week because I didn't eat. Like I was just constant on the go. Yeah. And it's like not sustainable at yeah, all. Yeah, it's really not. And I just was just crying. I was literally just crying mm-hmm. because I was like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just get out of bed and do things? Like this is so, you know. And of course, like she wasn't happy because it's like I shouldn't be having to rush you. And I, I, honestly understand and I can talk about this now because I'm a completely different person to yeah, yeah, yeah. to who I was then it's just learning curve isn't it exactly like you, over, you say yes and over promise and yeah. under deliver and it's always it was it's a so classic crazy. story yeah <laughs> 10 in one week and what was annoying was that like the dresses had like some beading on it so you have to be so particular because like beads fall out and stuff mm. like that so that's even more time and oh god yeah it was yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely like the worst time because imagine a week and every day you're like, oh, like there's another day and another day and another day. But eventually it was Saturday and um, yeah, I didn't touch the machine for like a whole week, which to me feels like a year. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of learning from that experience, was it a case of, I guess, time management and knowing what to say yes to? Yeah, but I think it was. I realized I had to sort out whatever was going on in my head, like mm. my mental state. I had to work on it because it was it wasn't like acceptable. It's not good to do that. No, no, not at all. Um, these are people's lives, their money. They trust you and everything. Like you have to live up to what you say you'll do. Mm. Um, so I think there was a lot more emphasis on yeah working on my mental yeah state of mind. I think it's like it's an interesting one because I'm actually I've had a few conversations about this recently. In the sense that it's so easy now to launch a business. Mm. You can say whatever you want to say on social media, for instance, and claim to be anything, you know. But people remember, don't they? Mm -hmm. And if you're going to say you're going to launch a business, 
you have to know that that comes with its responsibilities, mm-hmm. don't you? And it is like it's so good that you're open about it, that you've learned from it, because a lot of people don't, and they kind of walk with their head in the sand and just yeah. pretend. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, like totally. put this outward kind of um, a bit of a big front on that they're they're running this business, but actually, are they delivering anything? Yeah. And I think that yeah, you definitely. Yeah, it's it's got its fair share of responsibility. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't want to be that person that's like, yeah, yeah exactly. this is what I do. But then behind closed doors, you're not actually yeah, yeah, definitely. who you say you are, especially when people like... And people them. talk, like word of mouth, it's exactly it works both ways, doesn't yeah. it? It goes for the good and the bad. Yeah, so. and I think, I mean, in business, it's inevitable. You're, you're going to mess up, you're going yeah, yeah, to definitely. do things. and You can't please everyone. Yeah, even when you're at the top of the game, like there will be things that happen, but... It's more trying to prevent them as much as possible. Yeah, so I'm. I remember saying when I started it, I want to do this now so that I can learn all the mistakes younger. So that when I'm older, there will still be mistakes to learn, but it won't be as severe. Mm. Like the impact won't be, you know, as crazy as as it is when you're younger, and you know, people forget. Hopefully, in ten years' time, so you know, it's fine. And I've definitely learned. I think the most important lessons as of what I know anyways um yeah when I was in my teens and mm. now it's it's a whole different like game how have your relationships evolved we've obviously spoken about family but given that you are a 22 year old woman and you launched at 18 mm-hmm. I interviewed um a good friend of mine now but she's 20 and I just think Oh my God, when I was 18, 19, <laughs> 20, I was at uni, I was having fun. Mm. And I just can't imagine, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old me launching a business. <laughs> and if any of my friends had, I just think it would have just been so alien to me yeah. back then. So how have your friends reacted Do you to know what's crazy? Like all my friends are very, either very driven or very entrepreneurial so it wasn't crazy to us like one of my friends she's a hairstylist and she had Mm -hmm. her hair business and she used to live like two minutes away from me so in the evenings I'll just take my MacBook go over to her house and like we'll be making business cards and things like that that. like it was just so it's like the modern day sleepover yeah like it's so unlike it's crazy because we'll look at people's snapchats when snapchat was in and they're like out and stuff we're like oh my gosh look at that they're not even (laughs) thinking about their future I wouldn't say that now but um you know at the time other friend she's radio host and she wants she does uh presenting and things like that the other one's a lawyer and like they have amazing like careers or like mm. dreams and ambitions so I've always been around people like that but one thing my pastor said to me actually the first time he met me was that I'm very picky with who I talk to and it's the truth and it's not that I judge people I don't but sorry you're picky or he's picky I'm picky with who okay, I speak yeah. to yeah so yeah it's not that I judge people but I look I observe people and I think is this the energy that I want what will this relationship do for me and what can I do for them? Mm. And if we're just going to talk and gossip all day, then there's no point. You yeah, know, it's yeah. very unproductive. But if I see someone doing something and they're inspiring me, then that's more who I gravitate towards. And I feel like, you know, call it whatever you want, but the universe will definitely bring people to you who you like attract. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, so, hugely. I mean, I'm, I'd say I'm the same. I really trust my gut instincts with people. So I'm yeah. kind of, you meet some people, don't you? And you're like, mm. I don't know about this. Yeah, Yeah. and but someone else will love them, and that's completely fine. But it's not you, and you know, you find your crowd. Yeah, exactly. So, and then I think now that I like go to all these events and stuff, you meet people, and you're just around like the same kind of spirit and energy. It's amazing, and yeah, because that's how we met the Mingles. I've noticed you go to a lot of them. 
no, but in events in general, not just yeah. mine, which is great. And I think that, again, there's that responsibility as a business owner if you're going to work on your own you have to find mm-hmm. your people don't you Definitely. so putting yourself out there was that something that comes naturally to you to no. go to events no mm-hmm. when I first started doing it like I'll buy the ticket for the event and I wouldn't go really because on the day I'd be like oh <laughs> I have a few of them like there's yeah. always a drop off I'm like oh it happens oh, like it happens because you're nervous you're like yeah, oh yeah. Like, and gonna talk to life me. gets in the way there's different factors yeah. like yeah but sometimes I'll just be at home and I'm like I just feel like I'm like no one's gonna talk to me what am I gonna say like you have all these thoughts running your head and it's so silly when you look back because everybody feels the exact same way when you're there everyone's super friendly because what's the point of going to these events if you're not going to be friendly it doesn't make any sense so um it wasn't natural but i don't know what happened but definitely as of last year every event that i sign up for i go to Mm. like i think this year i've probably gone to like 10 Mm. so far or maybe 10 or 12 and it's like only april yeah it's good (laughs) so I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with that. But now it's, like, easy. You can talk to people. And then you start to, like, see people at different events. So, like, you always have someone that you can be like, oh, hey, how are you? You yeah. know, and you feel so much more relaxed and comfortable. So, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, have any relationships gone the wrong way? Not with friends, um, but definitely, like, romantic relationships. Mm. Um, I remember one guy saying to me, he's like, I just feel like I can't keep up with you because <laughs> he was like, you just... I don't know, just time and stuff like that. Mm. He was like, you don't really give enough time to this. And it's crazy because I feel like I do, but or I did. Um, but You're you like, know. how much time do you want? Yeah, like <laughs> I was there. Yeah. I was speaking to you. But I think you have to be with someone that understands what you're doing mm. and is willing to like compromise on certain things. But you have to be able to compromise with them as well. And right now I'm with this guy and I've been talking to him since like talking seeing him since October and he's amazing and he's not an entrepreneur he's a freelancer and he is very kind and very understanding and very patient Mm. he doesn't have a business but like it's just all those other qualities of him helps us not have to like worry about you know time and, and whatever he doesn't distract me and I can do what I need to do and then go over and chill and hang out and whatnot there's no like Pressure. feeling of yeah there's literally yeah. no pressure whatsoever there's no pressure on what it's meant to be and stuff yeah, either yeah. and I think just finding someone on the same wa- wavelength is amazing so yeah, yeah. No, that's so good. So good. he's very supportive rounding up then I want to know looking back now what the past four years of running your own business has taught you about you <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned about yourself um, like I said, I learned all the bad things about me, like all the insecurities. I didn't realize how much self-doubt and negative feelings I had towards myself. So that took a lot of learning. And I learned how your upbringing affects you, whether it's financially or um, your expectations of people. I remember one manager saying to me, I have middle class syndrome <laughs> because at the time, she was like, you don't do that much because you think you'll always be okay mm. because you've been brought up to always be okay. Yeah. And it made sense. So, yeah, I've learned how much I love self-development. Like, I love reading. I love books, love events, podcasts, everything. Like, I just, I've fallen in love and I don't think I'll ever stop. Mm. And I think definitely as of recently, like, I've definitely just learned what, what I'm meant to do. I think 
when you study a lot of entrepreneurs, like they do what they do because they they love it, but you definitely want to have an impact on the world. And it sounds so like cringy these days, like I want to like impact people and affect people, <laughs> but it's so true. Like I feel so happy when someone like screenshots that they bought the book that I was reading, and they're like. I've done this and like it's working for me or they'll be asking me about like what machines I use because they want to start doing their own thing and like that's I think the most important thing as a Christian you believe like in heaven and hell right I don't know how what I believe about the hell part but I do believe that we'll be judged on what we've done on this earth and that the question will be I've given you a gift everyone has different gifts what have you done with it and I don't want to be standing in front of him like, uh, <laughs> yeah. nothing, but, you know, I was nice. But I actually want to be like, I've done this. I've built schools. I've funded people's education. I have paid this person's mortgage off and given people hope to, like, you know, go and achieve their goals and their dreams. Like, that's ultimately what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Because I definitely believe, like, what you want, like, do it for you, definitely. But there are other people that need that need you, you know, that you don't know about. Like everything that you go through, especially the bad things, it's because someone's going to go through the same thing or worse and they need your story to overcome it mm. so that they know that there's hope. So, yeah. It's bringing that human element back to the business, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of, yeah, you can earn all the money, but you can do some good with it as well. Exactly. Like, if you're not impacting people, then what's it for? Yeah. You know, you can live in a lovely house. Great. I want to live in a lovely house too. But, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> yeah, you know, but if you haven't changed one person's life, at least one person, then it's not yeah. worth it because you go, you go into the grave and that's it. <laughs> You leave nothing significant behind, so yeah. And what about the other way? What do you want Rebecca Tembo to achieve? Um, so this year, I definitely want to be, you know, on like Twitter, there will be like hashtag like jumpsuit bay or something like yeah. that. <laughs> you want to be jumpsuit bay? Yeah, like I want it to be my That's thing. One and of I, them words I just can't get away with saying. Well, bay. bay. Oh my god, I just can't. Like I, just, I mean, look at me when I say it. Bay. It just doesn't work. Does it? Oh my gosh. It's so cringy, yeah. but like I love it. Like people get the word like it's it's meant to be quite sarcastic. Like there was a guy that was doing fraud or something, so they called him Fraud Bay. Yeah. So it's, in a way it's not a good thing, but it can be. But I wanna be known for delivering the best jumpsuits and people actually experiencing it. And I want to like change the business where it's made to order. So that means that they can purchase it in like a size six, eight, ten, whatever they are, and it's sent as opposed to like having to go through the measurements route because that's very like time consuming it makes the lead times longer I think it'll just be a lot more easier if you can just order it and it goes wherever and I definitely want to have at least like two seamstresses because right now I use freelancers but it's just here and there like working on producing the garments because I can't do it by myself yeah I don't want to do it by myself either I think when you have people around it's really helpful but I mean in the future future definitely I'll always live in London but I want to move to LA like within five years and live there like downtown LA downtown LA (laughs) very specific yes downtown LA and yeah grow the business like in America in fact on that note I'm going to LA in three weeks and six days or something like that yeah because like I think it was in January I was like you know what like I need to go to LA this year I have never been I don't even know what it's like and I want to live there so I need to go and experience it and like wear my outfits and take pictures and stuff like that especially because a lot of the attention comes from America so I booked it and I'm out (laughs) amazing yeah so I want to just really grow 
the brand there a lot more as well yeah, yeah. and just see where that takes me I want to have a big house in Notting Hill <laughs> really really big house not the not one floor but you know the yeah, whole like you building want the yeah the whole thing and a Rolls Royce oh, in black blimey. with black rims <laughs> orange leather seats I saw it in Green Park the, the Rolls Royce shop one yeah. of them <laughs> And yeah, definitely like a showroom in yeah. London. Ideally, this is very specific the way I'm going. I love but it. No. Ideally, like Knightsbridge, mm-hmm. because I feel like eventually I'm working on the branding and like changing everything up right now. But hopefully, it will appeal to that kind of market. I, whether... I, I mean, it, it will 100%. <laughs> no, seriously, That's I really goal, mean it. There's yeah. like a luxury element to it already. Yeah, I feel like this confirmation because I go out to a lot of places where I feel like my potential client or customer could be mm. like if you've seen on my instagram stories i'm always eating out so once a week though you know sticking <laughs> to my budgets but um i always go to like mayfair or like kensington or something like that and i just observe people i wear my own stuff and observe people and i get loads of compliments and i'm like okay good yeah, yeah. like if they're good. complimenting for someone to actually say something like you can say it in your research, head right it? exactly it's like the best market research you get fed in a good place exactly. and you yeah. get some um insider knowledge yeah. <laughs> and you look at what people wear and i'm like mm, okay like yeah. maybe I could incorporate that somehow because if that's what they like you know so definitely want my clients all to be there that's really clever yeah and then obviously one in LA or like New York or whatever but amazing <laughs> yeah right let's end with our statements I'll start you finish okay are you ready yes <laughs> Rebecca being my own boss means freedom the ability to do what I want, when I want to do it, but also being able to impact so many people and using that responsibility in a good way. Mm. Like, I could impact someone that's just sewing for me, you know, inspire them to to do more than just sewing, but then I could also impact someone to start a business or to um, continue, like, driving in their career and stuff like that. So, yeah. Love that. When it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to... Just stop. <laughs> stop and think. Don't panic. Temporarily stop. Yeah, temporarily. Yeah, like... There's you going, like, walk away, love. No, no. <laughs> like, while you're breathe. ahead. I'm so impulsive, like, naturally. So I've had to learn to, like, breathe, mm. think about it. Sometimes come back to it later, like, tomorrow or, like, in the evening. And then, like, figure it out. And don't, don't be so negative. Don't think, like, oh, that's it. It's done. It's over. Like... Mm. There's always a way. There's actually always ways to do anything. So, yeah, breathe, stop, think. Come back to it later if you need to, and you'll figure it out. Hugely. I always think as well with that, there's always... You're, you're never the first person to go through something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Someone else has handled a situation, especially in, in business. There'll always be someone that's dealt with whatever's going wrong. Definitely. If they can push through it, so can you. Definitely. Number three, if I could go back to day one of my business, I would tell myself... To study successful people. I think had I started it... I love that. It's yeah. Really good. If I started doing that when I first started the business, I don't think I would have made as many mistakes. <laughs> I talk about these mistakes. They weren't that bad, but mm-hmm. um, compared to the things I've heard people do. But it's because I've been studying these successful people that I understand things a lot more and I read a lot more and I see the psychology in business and things like that. So I definitely think, yeah, mm-hmm. study them what do they do? What are their habits? You don't have to emulate everything. You have to make it relevant to you and what can work for you. It's, it's quite individual, but that is definitely what's changed my mindset. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, your stepdad, obviously, when you were 14, when he pointed out the fact that you're a black woman, you can't be a fashion designer. Yeah. There's such a big push at the moment for diversity for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Have you ever felt that when you are studying successful people? What do they look like? <laughs> okay, I think... Okay, yeah, they are the minority. And if you look at who I follow and stuff, they're probably white women. But it doesn't bother me because I look at their personalities and they're lovely people and they're very, like, inclusive and they let anyone in, if Mm. that makes sense. I think there will be a rise of, like, more diverse um, entrepreneurs or people in their industries, um, you know, at the top of their careers, you're starting to see it now. But I think, I just I just don't dwell. I think just be the change that you want to see. Like, if you want to see more people there, then do it yourself. Because then the next generation will see you and know that they can do it. I mean, at least we have Oprah, you know, so oh my God. that's one example. <laughs> Literally. You know, but there are so many, like, wealthy women that we don't know of because they... They're just not famous, mm. you know. But I can easily look at Sarah Blakely, the Spanx yeah. founder, and I love her. I yeah. think she's amazing. Um, I, I, she um, really stands out, like in terms of, I mean, a billionaire. But like, there's no ego. It's no, like she's so she, nice. Yeah, yeah, she's. And she owns 100% of her company. Yeah, I and I'm know. Like, I love that. You're a billionaire. Yeah, like, yeah. can you imagine the amount of money she yeah. has? Her kitchen looks incredible, by the way. Yeah. Instagram story. <laughs> so you know she's got money. But yeah. um, and she rides this like old ugly van and I love it because she doesn't have a fancy car yeah Yeah, she just does her thing and like Beyonce inspires me so much because I look at her work ethic it's not Uh, because she's Beyonce massively do you know what the quote what is it there's it's something like Beyonce yes Beyonce um hang on Larry just work on it (laughs) you know the quote that's like yes we all have the same hours in the day as Beyonce but Beyonce has a nanny and Beyonce has this and Beyonce has... and I'm like uh, excuse me Beyonce worked damn hard for that like yeah. she's put the work in Definitely. and still has the work ethic and yes she's got nannies help her out but like she didn't at the beginning she yeah, worked her she had to off. work to yeah. get the nannies yeah, otherwise yeah, she'll be doing everything and yeah. that's impossible so. I'm like you can't knock her down she you really can't those when <laughs> you see her on the stage help. like you don't just get up and no, move like that you no, actually no. have to rehearse for years mm-hmm. like it's crazy yeah, definitely. so yeah, but I, yeah, like I said, just be the change that you want to see. Love and, that. Yeah. Uh, number four, if I had to describe myself as a businesswoman, I would say that I'm, and do this now, what are you now? Extremely ambitious. Mm. I feel like my goals are so crazy, like so crazy. And very, it scares me. I feel like all the best people and like good people are always a little bit crazy enough. Yeah. <laughs> but why not? You yeah. know, like I feel like Shoot you only live once. Mm. Yeah. So... I mean, I was in like Mayfair last night, actually, and we were looking at all the cars and everything. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And um, my friend was like, you know, you can do this right. Like anything you want, you can 100% do it. And again, you only live once or why not go for it. And I did say to her, like, I was like, I don't think I'm on this earth to live a life less than this. Like, I know I have to live a great life. So... Yeah, I just think I'm overly ambitious and it scares people. It scares my mum. She's like, how the hell? <laughs> you know, I've got all these plans and, like, moving like across the world. I don't have a visa for America, you know, like, how am I going to do that? But I just know it'll happen. Like, mm-hmm. I just have so much faith. Like, even when I do doubt myself, which is a lot, I still know that I'll get there. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm in that mood, but I'll be fine, you know, yeah, yeah. so. And I yeah. feel like no one should ever apologise for being ambitious. No. It's like, no. A, it's such a strength. I don't know if you get this, though. Like, do you notice people, like ask you questions like really yeah yeah or like maybe you should do this instead yeah, like yeah. have you thought about maybe you know scaling back a tiny bit like yeah. 
hell no. <laughs> I remember like one guy that used to work, I work now, he said, he was like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to get the money to do that? And I was like, are you really asking me that? Like, I'm not worried about that. How are you worried yeah. about that? You know, and this, this perception that in fashion, you have to be broke. Like you're mm. not meant to make money. It's just all about creativity. But that's just not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So <laughs> temporarily broke totally get it because this is so hard somewhere yeah Yeah, yeah. you have to really start somewhere and things will happen in the business and whatnot you know but yeah I can do anything so you can do anything we can all do anything yeah yeah. I love that and very lastly it's a big one I want Mm -hmm. my legacy to be that I gave people a fire in their belly that's what I want my legacy to be I had a dream recently and I know it sounds crazy, but it was God. And he was like to me, you'll know it's right when there's a fire in your belly. This was before I actually decided to do the jumpsuits. And once being in church, there was this woman and she said to my mum, she's got fire in her belly. Because mm. I was praying like over everyone, um, which I would never do. Like, so for me to be doing that in front of everyone, it was crazy. And um, for the first time starting this business, I feel fire in my belly. Like I constantly feel so passionate about these jumpsuits and but getting them out in the world and I know it's not a serious cause I know there's people doing things which are like you know, uh, uh, uh. You know but <laughs> but you know what I mean because some people are like oh it's fashion and whatnot. but like it's but just like how... you said you put on a jumpsuit and it, it's that confidence that yeah. then they might go into that room yeah. and achieve something you know they might wear that jumpsuit to some formal dinner that follows some environmental <laughs> conference you yeah. know and like meet a contact and they go and save the planet but yeah. your jumpsuit made it, you know? Like, True. there's definitely power yeah. in fashion. Yeah, in its you, own you way. Yeah, but, yeah, I definitely just want people to be like, I can do this, I can yeah, so yeah. do this. And I think, I know I've been fortunate in some ways that other people haven't been, but I still grew up quite a normal life, um, South East London, Greenwich, and I think for what I want to achieve, to go from where I am now to where I will be, I think hopefully that will, like, blow people's minds away and just inspire them to do the same love that yeah thank you thank you I don't even know how does my jingle go (laughs) thank you for listening to she can she did if you fancy being a complete star and doing your good deed for the day please feel free to rate review and subscribe on itunes to give the she can she did series a little boost and help others to find it You can also attend the Midweek Mingles, the She Can, She Did event series for female founders and aspiring female business owners, featuring a whole lot of business inspiration and the all-important G&Ts in equal measure. For more information and to book your ticket, head to www.shecanshedid.com. I would love to see you there.